Hi guys, welcome to the Cook It Real Good podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Hilbron. This week's episode is for anyone who has ever found themselves frustrated at having to make dinner night after night. Okay, yes, I'm pretty sure that's all of us. I chat with Kendra Adachi, the New York Times bestselling author of The Lazy Genius Way and creator of The Lazy Genius Podcast. As a systems expert and a professional permission giver, Kendra helps others stop doing it all for the sake of doing what matters. She lives in North Carolina with her husband and three children. Kendra shares her tips for how to actually enjoy making dinner rather than it being a chore. Like this is revolutionary. I know you guys are going to love this one. This week's recipe of the week is my air fryer crispy chicken wings. Okay guys, since we're talking about dinner, I have to admit something to you. And that's in the past few weeks, I've been eating chicken wings and veggies for dinner like pretty much every night. I'm not even exaggerating. I've eaten them way too many times. I can't stop. They're so easy and crispy and I highly recommend that you try them with the optional buffalo sauce. If you have an air fryer, you're going to love making these in it. Grab the recipe as well as all the links we discussed in today's episode at cookitrealgood.com slash 53. Now, let's dive in. Hi, Kendra. Welcome to the Cook It Real Good podcast. Thanks for having me, Cassie. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Now, at the start of every episode, I ask my guests, what is your signature dish? The one that everyone goes, Kendra, you have to make that. Uh... Change your life chicken. <laughs> and you, you heard about, it. yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So I have this, I have this recipe called change your life chicken and it's just a sheet pan recipe, but it's the, the chicken skin gets really crispy. The vegetables are really tasty and like bathed in chicken fat and it's so good. But it, the beauty of it is just the ease of all sheet pan dinners where you honestly just put it in a lined pan and put it in the oven and then you pull out dinner and you don't have to do anything else. And I think because it's, it is a 500 degree recipe, 500 Fahrenheit, and it terrifies people. They're like the whole time, like you put it in there that hot for the whole time. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, change your life chicken is going to, the joke is there is, when I am buried, there is going to be a chicken etched in my, in my tombstone. Like that's how signature it is. Uh, it's so funny. So I think it was, yeah, probably about two years ago, one of my readers sent it to me and said, I have to try this. And I'm like, excuse me what is this change your life chicken and of course I had to make it immediately then I had to give it to my mom to make immediately (laughs) and so it's a big deal in our family we love change your life chicken it definitely um, (laughs) does your family because I love getting I love getting stories from parents who have made the food have made change your life chicken and then they ask their kids or they'll send me a video of asking their kid like what do you think of change your life chicken and the kid will go well it's really good but it's not changing my life (laughs) Which too is literal. So I'm like, it's very literal. I'm like, well, it's not supposed to change your life, little buddy. It's supposed to change your mom or dad's life because they don't have to worry about cleaning or whatever. But it's so funny. And then people change the name because they can't remember change your life. And so they're like, the chicken, um, slap your face chicken. Somebody called it slap your face chicken. Like there's, I get, I just love all the stories that come around this recipe. It cracks me up. Oh, now I'm trying to think because like you just said, my mom always calls it something else and now I can't think of what it is. It's yeah, killing me. I'll have, yeah. to, I'll have to think about I, it. <laughs> I need to keep a list of all of the different names. I just need to write them down because they're so fantastic. Oh, I love it. Well, yes, if you're listening, you have to try it. I'm definitely putting that in the show notes. 
Um, now I've been a long time follower of yours, actually ever since the change of life chicken. I was like, what, what is this lazy genius? Tell me more. And I've been a big fan ever since, but for anyone who hasn't yet discovered your podcast, change your life chicken, or even the blog, can you tell us a bit about what you do? Absolutely. I kind of call myself a systems expert and a professional permission giver. So I really love to give people like structure and systems in their life to make life easier because we need that. You know, we need, we need some help kind of like building structure around our lives. Systems are not bad, but so often when we read about systems and hacks and all that, there's no soul in them. There's no like personal story. There's no versatility. There's no way to take someone's hack and go like, okay, well that might work on this Tuesday when you're feeling well, but what about on Wednesday when everything feels like it's on fire? You, that hack is not going to put out the fire. And so I love to marry system and soul structures and permission because without, uh, you need both. You need both to have like a wholehearted life. We're all trying to like just live well. And I think with, with only one or the other, you're just going to either become a robot, like <laughs> just trying to maintain your systems, or you're going to not feel permission to care about anything that matters to you and kind of that's its own sadness. And so I just love to, to bring both of those together. So we do that with like, we do that with recipes. We do that with cleaning. We do that with friendships, parenting. It kind of covers the whole gamut, but the whole idea is to be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't to you. It's the to you part that I love about you because I think a lot of the, you're right, the information that we have out there can be like, here's a checklist to have the perfect day. And there's not really lots of flexibility. Like if you didn't meditate for 10 minutes every day, then you've already ruined your day. Yes, <laughs> and, yes, exactly. And yours is definitely about finding like, maybe meditation just doesn't really matter to you, or maybe you only need to, need to do it when you're feeling chaotic or something like that's. Yes. I like that you get the permission to go, does this actually mean something to me? And if it doesn't, guess what? I get to release it and it doesn't even matter. <laughs> exactly. I guess it's like, I, I would love to, what I want to do is teach people how to make their own checklist. Yes. You know, it's, it's sort of staking, <laughs> taking this step back of not here, 10 things to do in the morning. It's how do you think and choose what your things are in the morning? If you need 10, if you need one, if you, you know, like to, to make your own decisions and kind of create your own systems based on what matters to you. That's, that's the whole goal for sure. Oh, I love that. So I've been trying really hard to be a genius about the things that matter to myself and really thinking about what I'm going to be lazy about because they really don't. Mine is spoiler alert cleaning always, but, uh -huh, uh -huh. but on most days, the absolute last thing I find myself wanting to do is cook dinner. Like it's, it's a complete bugbear of mine and it's probably the meal that I feel is the most, um, a chore every day, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, it does. I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. We're all busy and we all hate having to cook and clean at the end of the day. Um, so today I just want to pick your brain about how to actually enjoy making dinner. Like, is it actually possible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a very simple question. Can we enjoy making dinner? Yeah, no, let me lay that I, on you. <laughs> I totally, you know what? I, so yesterday I was feeling, um, 
kind of overwhelmed in my, in my brain. And when I feel that way, I unload in a big list and just like, what are all the things on my brain right now? What are all the things that are consuming my thoughts? And just to try to get them out. And one of the things I wrote down was I don't enjoy making dinner. And it does sort of like fill, um, yeah, like fill my brain space. It's just sort of swirling around with all the other things of, I want to enjoy making dinner more than I do, but currently I just really don't. And, and I do think that there's a really important place to start. Um, and that is with a, so I, I operate in principles. I have a book called the lazy genius way, and it is full of 13 principles to help you kind of build your own systems and name what matters to you. And one of those principles is to live in your season. And I think right now for so many of us, um, with the pandemic and just moving into, you know, starting school, if you have kids and just different things, like our season right now feels very strange. And it's seen, it's very normal. I want to just give us all permission. It's very normal for daily, ordinary things that feel like a chore, like making dinner, that they would feel that way because our seasons are just really strange right now. And so I think that's where it starts that we need to just give ourselves permission that it's okay to feel that way. And then the next step though, is like, all right, do I want to continue feeling that way? And, and the answer is up to you. You know, like if you're like, it's okay that dinner is a bummer. Like there are other things in my life that give me joy. Dinner doesn't have to be this soul filling thing right now. That's okay. It's okay for us to eat the same seven meals over and over again. That's okay. Um, and if that's okay, then great. You can put your energy into something else. But if that's not okay, if that's something that you would like to shift, then we can kind of begin going down that path of how can I make dinner more enjoyable? Because that does that does matter. So I guess I'll just ask you that. Like we can, we can even figure this out for the two of us. Like, does it matter to you that dinner feel enjoyable, that cooking dinner feels enjoyable right now? I guess the one thing I do like that you're giving us permission to feel that season of our life. Cause you're right at the moment. I think we all need to cut ourselves some slack. This is unprecedented times and it has been for a very long time. <laughs> so yeah. I think it is important. I, every day I'm like, stop being so hard on yourself. This is new. Let's just go through and power through and we'll, however we get through, we get through. But right. with, with dinner, I feel like it's something where if I, if I approach it in a foul mood, it just kind of sets the tone for the rest of the night. And so like, yes, it doesn't have to be um, a euphoric experience, probably never will be. <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm approaching it in the grumps, it tends to, yeah, you know, things will go wrong. I'll notice like, oh, I accidentally burnt this or I spilt this or I don't have this. Whereas, you know, I feel like if I came at it in a different way, I'd be like, okay, I can handle anything. <laughs> Does that make yes, sense? <laughs> it absolutely makes sense. And you know, I love that you said that because where we tend to start is in the wrong place. We tend to start with, I need a new cookbook. My pans suck. My, like you like go through all of these things of like, what's wrong with my situation? What specific things do I need to fix about my situation? And then we just add stuff to our lives rather than stepping back and being like, what do I need to be thinking about? Like, what mindset do I want to be in when I walk into the kitchen? And so maybe that's a really lovely place to start for both of us. Cause that resonates with me right now too, is that, um, one of the other, another lazy genius principle is to build the right routines. Here's the thing about routines that kind of trips us up is we think that a routine is like you said before, it's like 10 things. These are the 10 things that you need to do to start your day or your day is shot. 
but really a routine is an on-ramp to a specific goal, whether it's a mindset, a feeling, an environment, anything. It can be anything you want it to be. But if your goal is to start, is to walk into your kitchen when it's time to get dinner together and you feel like reasonably pleasant and grateful for the experience, even if you're making something that's really simple or something that you personally don't want to eat that much or whatever it is, you want your mind, you want it to be enjoyable. Like if that is the goal, then what we can do is kind of reverse engineer a routine, even if it's just one or two things, like what could you do that could like put you in the mindset of enjoyment before you even begin cooking. And then that's up to you. So it could be listening to a certain kind of music or opening the windows and letting, you know, the breeze come through the kitchen or wearing an apron that you love or lighting a candle or whatever. Like it could be that you pull out food that's like mostly prepped and ready to go because the enjoying, the enjoying, uh, the enjoyment part, enjoyable. I was like, what is yeah. the word? How, what is the, the version of enjoy? The enjoyable part of the cooking is like the stirring. It's the holding the glass of wine and using your wooden spoon and stirring the food. It's not the chopping. It's not the pulling everything out. So like to name what it is about cooking that is enjoyable, about the environment of cooking. And then you can create a very simple beginning to cook dinner routine to kind of be the on-ramp to get you to enjoyment. So as I say that, is there anything, are there anything, is there anything in your brain that's like sparkly? Like, oh, I want to do this. So definitely I, I'll, I'll give an example from my life. Last week, I noticed I'm a podcast girl. Obviously, I have a podcast. So I always listen to podcasts all day, every day in the kitchen. But last week, I noticed that there was a day when I played music and my mood completely shifted. And I haven't played music in the kitchen in so long. And yeah, I, I, I just was like, yes, a good soundtrack can really put me in a great mood. And I feel like mm. it's a lot more fun. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not giving up my podcast anytime soon, but I think that that's going to be really helpful on those nights where I'm feeling just really like, uh, I don't know if I can get going, put on like my best dance tracks and have a sing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, another thing that comes to mind with that, cause I'm the same way I listen to, I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time, but if I listen to them while I am doing something that feels like a chore, like cleaning or cooking dinner, because those are my two things as well. I don't clean or cook dinner with as much joy mm -hmm. because I would rather just sort of like sit and listen to this, to whatever they're saying. Or if it's a podcast, that's like a self-improvement podcast. I'm like, my life is stupid. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to use these hacks. Like it doesn't really matter what you're listening to. Like even listening to true crime or something, it's like, is someone going to break into my house? <laughs> like it's just kind of, I don't know. It sort of gets into this strange headspace for us when we're doing things that feel like a chore. So it could be mentally, perhaps the idea of a routine feels too like step-by-step. Step. Maybe it feels like, oh, that's too much. Another way to approach this is to have a house rule. That is another lazy genius principle to have a house rule, which is essentially something like, like a, one rule that sort of keeps the line of dominoes, you know, like you line up a bunch of dominoes and you hit the one and then they all fall down quicker than you can stop them. 
And we that a lot of times that occurs in our kitchens when we're making dinner is just all of a sudden everything's on fire. Like literally, like mm-hmm. maybe you're burning something, but also a kid is screaming or you forgot to, um, you know, you the post office closed before you got there and you're stressed about missing a deadline for something or it could be any number of things. So instead of like letting that line of dominoes fall, if you can backtrack to like, where did it, where did that first one get tipped over? Because a lot of times our first domino tip is the same. It's the same sort of situation or trigger. And so you could back up and just have a house rule of only I'm going to listen to music when I cook. Like that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to decide like cut off podcasts or have some elaborate um, getting into the dinner mode (laughs) routine. It could just be like, I listen to music when I cook. End of story. House rule done. And then it kind of already does such a great job of, um, yeah, like buoying your your mood as you do this thing. Because Cassie, you have a food podcast. I write recipes. Like you write recipes. We we wouldn't do that if we didn't love food. Mm-hmm. You know, like we wouldn't do it. We obviously love food. Now, do we want to like shortcut some stuff and make things easier and have it taste really good with as little work as possible? <laughs> Yes, we do for sure. But like, obviously food matters and feeding yourself and your people, it does matter. So it probably won't take quite as long for you to get into that enjoyable mind space than you think, because you really do care about it. So this could be, honestly, listening to music could be such a simple, dare I say it, lazy genius thing to just be like, oh, wow. Dinner's really nice. This is a, this is much, it's like you said, it doesn't have to be euphoric, but it's better than it was before. Like that one small thing could make such a huge difference. So I'm excited for you to listen to music while you cook and see what happens. This is so fun. Now the hard thing would be like, what am I in the mood for today? No, exactly. I, exactly. I wanted to give like one other example of, of what you're saying about the dominoes because something just popped into my head and I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but this is actually a, a different meal of the day, but it, it'll serve its purpose to any other day, part of the day. When I wake up in the morning, I've run the dishwasher overnight. Yes. Um, and then I find like, you know, if we have breakfast and those plates start to pile up, if I haven't unpacked that dishwasher and had the space like ready for the day, I'm in like a foul mood because I don't like, like the clutter and the mess. Mm. And then like probably a few months ago, after many, many mornings of fuming away, (laughs) I go, how about I just actually unpack the dishwasher when I get up straight away? And then the whole day is set for, I mean, it sounds silly. That's that's a whole day, but that was one of my dominoes. Like that would happen. And then I would be like, "Ah," every time I went to the kitchen, oh, there's so much clutter. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. Whereas now it's just done. And we, we put the dishes in the dishwasher as we go and everything just feels much calmer. (laughs) Yes. That's a house rule you didn't know you had. Exactly. Like it really is such an important, and that does not feel silly at all. I have that. I actually told my husband this morning, um, I, if I don't reset the night before, like if I go to bed with junk on the counter, on the kitchen counter, um, or on the table next to the chair where I like to read in the morning. If that's cluttered when I wake up, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's a, it is, it's that first domino. And then I'm cranky and I don't want to read. And I feel, I resent that I've had to waste my morning reading time, cleaning up and all that. And it's like, no, no, no. I just like do a quick five minute blitz and just clear the surfaces before I go to bed. And it changes everything. 
So it's not silly at all. I think so much that's part of the permission giving that I care about so deeply in conversations like these is because we think that something so small shouldn't really make that much of a difference. And we sort of apologize for it, but we all have those things. We all have those things that feel so silly that we kind of feel like we have to apologize for of like, well, it shouldn't really matter that much, but guess what? It does. And that's okay. And what a beautiful thing that you've named that that you've named, like, I need to unload the dishwasher first thing in the morning. And it makes such a huge difference. That's such a great win. And you can actually like lean into that as a regular part of your day and, and, uh, and not feel bad about it, not feel bad about it at all. So true. I, I hadn't really given it any language. So that's why I like that. It's my house rule. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. It matters to you. It makes you a genius about things that matter to you because then you have the margin to be a person and not get overwhelmed and annoyed by visual clutter. I feel that same way. Like it's making you more of who you are. Absolutely. All right. Is there anything else I can do to make this a bit more of an enjoyable experience. Yeah, right. All right. So I would say another principle that comes to mind that is so great for dinner is the principle of uh, ask the magic question. So the magic question is, what can I do now to make things easier later? But if you sub in, what can I do now to make dinner easier later? like the world is your oyster. You could do so many things depending on what you're making for dinner. So the first answer to that question really could be like, what can I do now to make dinner easier later is to choose what's for dinner. Like if you haven't yet chosen what you're going to make that day, then that would make later very easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'd be so much easier because you know what the meal is. But if you know what it is, like when you have those like two minutes here, you're, um, you know, you're microwaving something for like, you're prepping something for lunch, making your own lunch, or, you know, you're just standing there for the 90 seconds while the oatmeal heats up in the morning in the microwave. You can go like, what can I, what can I do now to make dinner easier later? The number of times that I have pulled out a pot and filled it with water for pasta for dinner is astronomical. (laughs) But I tell you what, it is so easy to just walk in and turn on the heat, just to turn on the gas on the stove rather than pulling out the pot and filling it with water. Again, it feels so simple and kind of silly to think like, how hard is it to fill a pot with water and move it to the stove? But if you are carrying a crying kid or if you're running behind or whatever it is, man, it is magic to just walk in there and flip that burner. So there are lots of things like that that are very, very small that you could do throughout the day, earlier in the day. What can I do now to make dinner tonight easier later? What can I do now to make um, like the prep for the whole week easier later. Maybe it's just like jotting down a couple of things that you could do in your pockets of time over the next few days. You know, it just depends on like what your rhythm is, what your cooking skills are, what you're actually cooking, all of that. But asking that question, what can I do now to make dinner easier later is really a game changer. And it does make, you could even change it to what can I do now to make dinner enjoyable later? because that could kind of narrow in your answers too. So as I say all that, is there anything that comes to mind for that question that can make dinner time enjoyable for you? It's funny. I've, I've just read that part of your book recently and, and I was thinking this Kendra's onto something. <laughs> I mean, as crazy as it sounds to fill up the pot or whatever it is like in our heads, I'm sure we're going like, 
that doesn't take that long, but it's kind of maybe sometimes the hardest hurdle is just getting started. And so it's kind of nice if you've already got that. Um, One of my biggest things is, so, you know, being a food blogger, I guess part, it is, I guess it's kind of blasphemous to say I don't enjoy cooking dinner, but let me explain. (laughs) Most of my days are spent like recipe testing. So I've already been in the kitchen for a long time. And if Mm. that wasn't like, didn't have a lot of dinner leftovers, dinner appropriate leftovers, I've already had to like clean up, cut, do everything. And so at night, I don't want to have to go and do that all again. So something that I have been trying to do since I've been reading your book is just cut up the vegetables for dinner at the same time as I'm doing stuff during the day or, you know, maybe even just at breakfast, whenever I've got that chopping board out, if I've already dirtied it, I may as well just make it worth my while and do it for later on. Totally. That's the perfect thing. And again, when you say stuff out loud like that, you're like, that's not that big of a deal. You know, it shouldn't feel like it should make such a difference. But I think that that is where we get stuck when we are frustrated by a certain rhythm uh, in our lives, like cooking dinner every single day. We try to build like a big machine. We try to create like this massive structure with a big whiteboard plan. And we need a new set of pots because our, our pots and pans are not very good. And, you know, all these different things, like we try to fix all of this stuff in our kitchen. We think that we need a whole new, like an overhaul. But really, it's just thinking very, very simply like that of the board is out. My knife is here. I'm already chopping. Let's just chop some more stuff. And then it's ready for me in a few hours, you know? So you're, you're absolutely right. I think that is such a fantastic use of your time. And that also actually um, holds hands with another lazy genius principle called batch it. And we've heard about batching where you basically just do one task, like all at once, you know, you're, you're not spreading it out over several days or whatever. And so you're batching your answer to the magic question of what can I do now to make dinner easier later is you can batch your vegetable chopping. If it's already out, go ahead and do double so that you have some later. Um, because then that uses your time really wisely, but you're thinking it, you're, um, you're thinking it through with a mindset of what matters to you, not necessarily what some cooking expert has told you should matter. You get to decide, you know, what matters to you. So I love that you're like, you're using all of these principles, Cassie, and you didn't have names for them. You're like so much smarter than you ever realized. It's so much fun. I love it. <laughs> That's what I feel like. I'm like reading the book. I, some of them have, I have a twig that I've already been doing things like that. So yeah, I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm glad I had to have this conversation with you. <laughs> yeah. And the language, like what you said uh, just a couple of minutes ago about not having the language, naming something is half of it. It really is like when we have a name for something, whether it's what matters to us or just that, that phrase of having a house rule or whatever, it makes it easier to go there again and use that muscle, use that tool, use that principle again. And so the, the value of naming things, I, it's, I get that from so many readers where they say exactly what you did. I didn't realize that I had I was already doing so many of these things. And now that I have a name for it, I'm doing even more than before, but not in a, in a hustly, like lots of extra effort way, just like in a really smart, wholehearted, personal way. That's kind of getting us to that meaningful life that we all want. So you're not alone in that. And I just, I love hearing that. I love hearing stories like that. 
I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you as well, because part of, I guess, what I personally hate about cooking dinner is not just the process of doing it, but the cleaning up afterwards. The cleanup is probably maybe even more of a headache, if you can believe that. Agreed. Agreed. I feel the same way. I feel like we have the same cooking brain and I'm here for it. So yeah, I just, I hate it. What a disaster zone my kitchen my kitchen becomes I I always set out to try to clean as I go my husband used to work at McDonald's when he was a kid and so clean as you go was like really bred into them and he always (laughs) goes Cassie why can't you just clean as you go (laughs) I don't know I'm like a creative cook I'm very expressive I don't have time to do that But yeah, then at the end, I'm very depressed at how horrible it is. So do you have anything that will help me like, yeah, maybe not have that be such a pain point at the end of the meal? You know, there are a couple things. One would be to maybe put some limitations on the kinds of recipes you make at at dinner, um, just to limit the amount of cleanup itself. So like, um, I will, I don't like to clean up either. And I have a rule. I have a house rule right now in this season of life. I have three young kids at home. Um, I have a house rule of, we don't eat meals that require more than two, like big pots or two things I have to hand wash. If I have to hand wash more than two things, cause we do have a dishwasher. If I have to hand wash more than two things, I'm not making that meal. Like that's just a current house rule. And so it kind of, it, it does limit what we choose for dinner. But there's also, there are so many recipes out in the world. It's almost better to have those limits of those recipes are for another time. You know, those are for a weekend when I, when I feel like I've got more margin or when my kids are a little bit older and they can actually reach the sink and help wash the dishes themselves or whatever it is. So that could be one thing to just actually only choose meals that limit the amount of mess. Um, The other idea that might make a little bit more sense for people who like to be expressive cooks is to, uh, cause I love that. I love that phrase, um, is to have zones in your kitchen. So maybe you don't clean as you go. Maybe that's, maybe your brain doesn't work that way. And that is okay. We need to give ourselves permission to not put ourselves in a box of someone else. If we don't operate that way, we're all different people and that's wonderful. So instead of cleaning as you go, what if you have zones For example, so you have like a trash zone, like maybe reaching around to throw something, you know, to find the trash can is not, um, yeah, it like gets you out of your expressive like vibe. So maybe you have like, you know, a little, a bag or you bring the trash can over next to you. You have a trash bowl, but all of your trash goes there. You have a zone for your dirty dishes. So like um, if you're mixing up a marinade and you've got your whisk in your bowl, you immediately put it over on the counter in in one particular place away from the cooking. Okay. So then every time you have a dirty dish, you don't put it away. You don't wash it. You don't load the dishwasher. You just pop it into that zone. You put it into that bowl. You put it onto that, you know, plate that's already there or whatever. So you have your dirty dishes zone. Then you can have like a, like an ingredient zone. So if you're chopping scallions and you've got your bottle of, um, you know, some sort of sauce that goes in the refrigerator Again, what what happens is everything is out in front of us on the counter. We have the ingredients, the trash, the dirty dishes, just all in one big visual pile of clutter on our counter. And that's where the overwhelm comes from. 
So instead, so what you can do is set yourself up later by just, you don't have to clean it up. You just put it in a zone. You categorically group it so that everything that goes in the fridge is in one little area. Everything that goes in the pantry is in a pile next to the pantry. All the dirty dishes are by the sink and the trash is in one place. So then when you're cleaning up, really, you're just like putting everything away at once. You're loading all the dish, dishes at once because they're already right there. Um, you, you just throw all the trash away because it's already gathered. You see what I'm saying? Like you can, you can, you don't have to clean as you go, but you can zone as you go. How does that, how does that feel? I think that would be much better for me. And yeah, definitely some light bulbs going off right now. Cause you're right. Like it, it is when I, when I get to the end of the meal and everything is everywhere all over my kitchen, I just go, <laughs> this is not something I want to do right now, but yes. you know, those times where like even something as simple as the trash bowl, like as you were saying that, okay, how many times have I, you know, scooped up some vegetable peels or something to go and chuck in the bin and I've dropped some on the ground or yes. something and every go, time it's, it's infuriating. So why don't I it just is. get a bowl and do it at the end of the meal? Like if that makes sense. Right. <laughs> yes. You know, and another thing too, again, because we're all different is even if you, if it becomes too um, distracting to think in terms of those zones as you're cooking, because again, you just want to cook and enjoy it. Like you, you want as few barriers to the enjoyment as possible. So if thinking about those zones is, um, is a barrier, if it becomes a barrier, I have a, I have an episode of my podcast and it's called the lazy genius cleans the kitchen. And it actually talks through, you should listen to it because Mm -hmm. it actually, I have a printable of the order and everything. When I I sound like a crazy person (laughs) on it, I really, really do because I'm like, this is the order. This is what you do. And every single person would listen and go, or before they would listen, they'd say, Kendra, I feel like you might have lost it a little bit because this seems very intense. And then they do it and they're like, I will listen to you for the rest of my life. I will never clean my kitchen a different way. So and essentially it really does incorporate those ideas of zones. Um, but it also helps you think through like you clear one space first, like you clear the kitchen, t- the kitchen table first. You clean one particular counter next and then the next, and you're putting everything in their zones as you clean rather than just sort of like bumping around your kitchen, like a pinball machine and dealing with the next thing that you touch. That's sort of where the madness comes from is because we don't know where to begin. Mm -hmm. And like you said about the, um, about the pasta and cooking dinner and the water, the getting going is the hardest thing. So if I've already given you the first step and then all of the steps. And so if you just don't want to think about it, you could actually print out that order if that order works for you and then clean your kitchen like a lazy genius. You don't have to cook that way, but you could clean up that way and it could make the cleanup a little bit easier. So there are lots of options here. There are lots of options. You can choose recipes that limit dishes. You can uh, like kind of not clean as you go, but you can zone as you go, or you can just clean up in a, in a very specific way that doesn't feel quite as overwhelming. I really do love your idea about the, the making dinners that have less pots. Like this is something I got out of your book as well. Um, even like you, you were saying how you only use certain ingredients and that just yeah. takes all the guesswork out of what you're making. Because if you open up a recipe online and it doesn't have one of the ingredients that you shop for, then it's out. And so yes. to that same token, if you open up a recipe online and it uses seven pots, well, it's out. <laughs> it's and it out. Just, exactly. And it just exactly. takes all of the decision making because that's sometimes, yeah, the, the part that kind of is tedious. It's like, mm, will my family like this? Is it going to take a while? Or, you know, am I buying a lot of new ingredients that I'll end up never using again because I only made it for one recipe? 
I just love that that just sort of takes it all out of it. So yes, exactly. one pan or two pan meals are an easy way just to get dinner on the table and a lot less stress cleaning up. Yes. Or even to, you know, cause I feel like limitations and decisions like that, like to decide one time we are only going to cook recipes that have two pots. Like it can feel very limiting. Um, so perhaps you can ease up on that limit a bit by saying we do that on weeknights, yep. you know, like weeknight dinners are two pots or less, um, weekends, we can have a little bit more fun. We can have a little bit more margin, but this is the decision for right now. And again, you just keep making the decision until it doesn't work for you anymore. If it doesn't work, don't keep doing it. You know, like if you, if it doesn't lead to joy, if limiting the number of pots actually doesn't solve the problem, like you hoped it would, then you can approach it again, you know, look, look at the problem again and see if you can come at it from another, another angle. So, um, it's completely up to each individual because again, we all cook and enjoy cooking in such different ways. And I know what I'll be doing today. I'll be going to listen to that clean your kitchen episode. <laughs> I can't wait. You'll have to like shoot me an email and tell me what, how you feel about it before, like, <laughs> Tell me how you feel about it right after you listen and you listen to the steps because that's when people are like, Kendra, you're crazy. And then come back and tell me how you feel about it after you do it. And we'll see if, we'll see if, the, uh, if the tune changes because it really does feel kind of intense. But I tell you what, it works every time. I promise I will. <laughs> now, can you tell us, so we've mentioned your book. I'd love to let my listeners know where to find that. But also if they want to find out more about the podcast or your blog, where do they go? Well, if you search lazy genius, if you just Google lazy genius, everything I do is named the lazy genius something. So, so lazy genius isn't, it isn't in too many places. So the book is the lazy genius way and you know, it's available, you know, all the national re retailers. Um, and I don't know, uh, in terms of like worldwide audiences, I know that the Kindle is available and you know, kind of across the board and it's being printed in several different, um, countries, but I don't, I don't know exactly, uh, the details on that, but it is called the lazy genius way. And, um, it is, it is, you you got it. Yes. So I know that other people will be, be able to get it. Um, and, and I do have a podcast, the lazy genius podcast, the episodes are around 20 minutes and they're really, really specific. So I love the, um, freedom of just being able to scroll the titles and the titles are not tricky. They are what they are. It is like the lazy genius cleans the kitchen, the lazy genius shops at the farmer's market. Like it's all those different things. And it kind of applies a lot of these principles from the book to, um, these specific, uh, situations and topics. And, um, and then I'm on Instagram. Um, that's pretty much where I am social media wise at the lazy genius. So those are the three best places to, uh, to kind of find me. And then all the recipes, which there are not very many, because I'm not like you. I am not a recipe tester or a food blogger. I find you to be amazing humans who are food bloggers. It is something else to come up with recipes on the regular like that. I am not that brain. Um, but the recipes I do have and some other things are at thelazygeniuscollective.com. What I love about the recipes that you give is usually it's, it's a, um, uh, maybe like use these ingredients and it doesn't have to be like exact this many teaspoons or this many tablespoons. Um, yeah. It's more like a formula rather than it like a specific a recipe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yes, just trying to think of the word, is. but yes, I, that's exactly, 
People yes. need I that. Actually, <laughs> I actually had, um, so I have to write a second, I have to write a second book. That sounds so like, I have to write a second book. I signed a two book uh, contract with my publisher. And so we are in talks of like, what is that second book going to be? And I really would love for it to be some sort of food, re- kitchen related book. Um, but I told them, I was like, I do not want to write a cookbook because recipes are stupid. <laughs> and and my, my, I agree. My, yeah, my agent was like, that's the name of the book is recipes are stupid (laughs) but I thought how about instead what if it was like the dinner formula because it is you're exactly right it's it is uh, I think we all are better served cooking with formulas because then you can make things make sense for you and what ingredients you like and what your skills are and what you have on hand you know rather than all of the exact uh measurements and ingredients of recipes so I'm with you on that and I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoy that because it's definitely not um it's not as acceptable, you know, like by some uh, internet recipe standards, but that's okay because we all need different ways to cook. So I'm glad to, I'm glad to offer, to fill the formula void, <laughs> like to be one of the voices in the formula void. I mean, speaking as a food blogger, we have, I think that we've become really reliant on exact measurements or like exact ingredients uh, because they're abundant. We have them everywhere on the internet, but it doesn't mm. open ourselves up to being creative or um what if we don't have that how do we easily substitute it so I think that that's really the stuff that a formula gives you permission to you don't have brussels sprouts who cares use green beans or you don't have soy sauce well you can use something else like it yeah it doesn't have to be so rigid and I think that's where we give ourselves permission again to to have a go and and what's the worst that can happen it's a bad dinner oh Oh, life, life is, can get much worse than that. Trust me. (laughs) I tell you what, Cassie, you just said something so magical that is its own beautiful form of permission giving that I feel like people don't let themselves hear, which is seriously the worst that can happen if you mess up a recipe or a meal, or if you're like, okay, I'm going to try to cook outside of the recipe. I'm going to try to kind of uh, riff a little bit and be creative and be expressive and all those things. What's the worst thing that can happen is it's not good. Yeah. But then you learned, you learned from it and, and then you'll know next time to not, you know, mix soy sauce and something that doesn't go with soy sauce. Like you, you know, that next time. And I just feel like we're so afraid of making a bad meal. Do you know how many bad meals I've made? I'm sure you've made a lot of bad, like yes. you don't become confident in the kitchen without making a lot of bad meals. So it's, it's good. Like it's, you're not a failure. You're learning. Like that's just part of the process. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Well, I'm really looking forward to that next book now. Oh, the formula. I think <laughs> we'll all need that in our kitchen. Definitely. Yeah, I hope so. Well, thank you so much, Kendra. I, there's so much in this episode. I, I will go and sit on it now. I'm sure there's lots of things that I'll <laughs> get more light bulbs on. But yeah, I, I hope that this has been helpful for everyone at home to getting some ideas on how to make yeah something that can be a little bit stressful, a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. such a fun time chatting with Kendra. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the Lazy Genius podcast yet or even check out her blog, I am sure you'll be making a beeline for it now. There are so many great tips and tricks filled in Kendra's work on so many awesome topics. For example, after this episode, I now have her handy cleaning the kitchen guide and I will never be looking back. Well, that's it for me. I hope you have a great week and don't just cook, cook real good.
Bye.